listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. So this week is a little, just a little different. You know, usually I have a dating and relationship expert and I have that, of course, this week, too, but she's also a body language expert and a flirting expert. And the name of the book is How to Get the Man You Want. And she's calling in all the way from Australia. So um, let me bring her on and uh, we'll see what she has to say about body language and flirting and all that. Hi, Katya. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be chatting to you. Yes, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so this is Katya Loiselle-Fury, uh, and the website is, of course, howtogetthemanyouwant.com. Katya is an international flirting, dating, and body language expert, like I said. She collaborated in a five-year global study called Real People, Real Answers, concerning the dating and mating patterns of over 1,500 singles, and she's also the founder of Perfect Mates, which runs speed dating, singles, events, workshops, and coaching. So, Katya, is the book uh, a result of the five-year study? Look, um, it's a result of a few things. I mean, I've worked and coached with over 10,000 singles and couples in the last 10 years. And, you know, it, it's interesting how many people have so many questions when it comes to the opposite sex. You know, what do men really want? You know, how do I get his attention? There are so many unanswered questions and also so many myths, I think, surrounding the opposite sex. So, I mean, obviously, the research was a bit of an eye-opener. I mean, even having worked in the dating industry, hearing it from the horse's mouth and actually hearing what people really thought and what really upset them, what really intrigued them and what really got their attention was quite fascinating and for us it was really important just to share that with the rest of the world and um, you know I think it understanding what the opposite sex really thinks can really, I always think knowledge is power and it can really help you so much when it comes to you know getting that guy's attention and getting the man that you want. Absolutely. In fact, let's go over some of the statistics. And you're right. Uh, some of them shocked me, too. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> like <laughs> one of them was it said that 51 percent of men don't want to pay on the first date. Yes. And 
That's of the terrible. ones who did want to pay, 57% said that they would like the girl to at least offer. And I think that's really interesting because over 70% of women wanted the guy to pay. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I think that a lot of guys saw a lot of pressure about that. And a lot of the men that we spoke to said, look, you know, I, I struggle. And if you're dating quite a bit or if you're really trying to find the one, it can leave you quite broke, you know, and, and that can really dent your self-esteem as well from a guy's point of view. So it's really interesting. Wow. Well, I don't know um, what they're doing down in Australia, but I know here in the States, um, a lot of the times for the first date, people are choosing to go on coffee dates. That way it's not that expensive and you get to know whether you want to do a second date or not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always think that, um, you know, coffee date or even just going for a drink or something is a fantastic way because not only does it give you an out, you know, if they're really terrible and you don't want to see them after right. five minutes, you right. know, you finish your coffee and you finish your biscuit and it's like, oh, look, I've got to go, you know, or if you're having a drink and the date is fantastic and you think, wow, this person, he's really fantastic. I, I would really like to see him again. You can always go out for, you know, a dessert or something and keep the date going, but at least you've got that easy out that doesn't rely on you, you know, getting your best friend to call and say that your dog or grandmother's sick or something like that. Yes, which which now if on a first date, suddenly you have to go, everyone knows it's just a ruse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know that you can really use that anymore, no. can you? You know, it's like, it doesn't work. You've got to come up with some new, <laughs> the cat's out some of the bag. new ways. You have to be a little bit more inventive now, I think. Right, exactly. Uh, and then another statistic was you said that 67% said a woman's attitude was more important than her looks. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Look, Dr. Monica Moore actually did a study on body language as well. And what was really interesting in her study also, Lucia, was that she found that the women who send out the most signals, body language signals, mm -hmm. actually um, were perceived to be more attractive than the women who were physically more attractive but didn't send out any signals. And I think the real reason, and that's where the attitude comes in, if you're confident and you know, you're happy within yourself and you're, you can connect with other people and you make other people feel good, you know, not only do you, you know, send out positive signals that say to other people, hey, you know, I like you, I'm not scary, come and approach me. But, you know, obviously you've got more confidence as well and confidence is attractive. And let's face it, we like people who like us. You know, if you think someone doesn't like you, then chances are you're not going to approach them. You're not going to go and ask them for your phone number because it's too confronting and intimidating. And I think one of the really interesting things that a lot of women forget is that, you know, 78% of guys said that they felt you know, nervous approaching someone they're attracted to. And I'm sure that percentage is actually a lot higher. They're the guys that admitted it. Admitted it. Right. And I think the big thing is that whether you're a girl or a guy, approaching someone you're attracted to is nerve-wracking, and that's what makes it exciting. But you really do need to, you know, be confident in yourself, confident enough to make it not about you and to make sure that you're actually sending out positive signals rather than negative signals that say, you know, go away, I'm not interested, which a lot of people do without actually even realizing it. And what would some of those negative sing signals be? Look, it's all about your nonverbal leakage. You know, if you think something it's going to come out whether you like it or not 
and, and sometimes, for example, if you see someone who's attractive and you think, oh my goodness, you know, oh wow, you know, he's amazing, but he's not going to like me. Oh my gosh, look what I'm wearing, this mm-hmm. dress. Why did I pick this? My stomach's hanging out. Oh, my hair. I shouldn't have done it this morning. You send out negative signals and those signals are very similar to the ones you send out when you don't like someone. So they might be, you're going to avoid eye contact. You're going to use, you know, um, partial leg or arm barriers. And that could be just putting your bag in front of your chest to protect yourself. It might be fidgeting with your hands. It could actually be literally putting your hand across your chest. And, you know, when you see people doing that reinforced arm hold where they're literally yes. grabbing a hold of their <laughs> chest for dear life. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, then, you know, you might get the ankle lock, whereas whether you're standing or sitting, one leg sort of locks around the other. Mm. And and that's just, you know, I mean, obviously there are a lot of micro gestures as well and there are thousands of signals that you might send out, but they're the most obvious ones, you know. You might um, have hunched body language or basically any, usually when you cross your arms and your legs at the same time, it sends a subconscious signal to other people that you're closed and that you're not open to what they say and you're not interested in them. So I think it's the most important thing is to be just really aware of how you come across because it affects the way, it, not only the way you treat other people, but the way they treat you in return. And that's something that a lot of people just don't seem to realize. Right, right. Uh, yeah, body language is so important. In fact, isn't, don't they say 93% of uh, communication is nonverbal? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you can say... I'd, um, you know, lovely to meet you and, you know, you can say, oh, wow, it's lovely to meet you and, you know, your whole body's into it and you're leaning into them and you're open and you're smiling at them and your eyes are sparkling and they think, wow, this person's fantastic. Or you could say lovely to meet you, you can't meet their eye, your body's hunched over and they think, <laughs> oh, what's going on here, you know? But the thing is, you know, it was interesting, Lucia, in our research that 88% of people, and this was both men and women, said that when they first approached someone that they were attracted to, most of the time they assumed that person wasn't going to like them back. So as soon as you meet someone who you think, wow, you know, this person's fantastic, rather than worrying about you, I think most of us, you've got to think that person feels exactly the same. They're just as nervous as I am. And chances are they think I don't like them. So I've got to make sure that with my body language that I'm saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to smile at you, I'm going to make eye contact, I'm going to let you know, not just by what I say, but by how I present myself, that I think you're a bit of all right, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's interesting that 88% of people would actually think that the other person didn't like them, wasn't interested. Yeah, and I guess... It's it's the same, I guess, when people go to job interviews, and that's why this sort of thing can even be used in that context. You go to a job interview, and perhaps they're not as open and receptive as you would have liked, and you might think to yourself, oh my goodness, what's going on? And then, then the negative thoughts might start, oh... I'm not qualified enough or, you know, I'm not good enough for this job. And that then comes out in your body language and it it actually, and then when they see you hunched over, then they think, oh, yes, this person isn't confident. What have they got to hide? You know, perhaps this person doesn't like me or they're, you know, they're lying or whatever it is. Because, you know, often we can, our gut instinct is pretty good. And, you know, most of the time we can tell that something's not right. We just often misinterpret those signals and we get it wrong, you know, because we, we, automatically think worst case scenario that person doesn't like me rather than thinking that person is just feeling really insecure right right now um here's another interesting statistics statistic and you'll have to explain this 
it said 100% of men like a woman who shows her feelings. So what exactly do you mean by that? Yes. Now, we can get a bit confused yes. here, can't we? Because <laughs> I know with my husband, Natalia, he's always like, look, honey, can you just stuff it with the, with the uh, waterworks already, you know? I, I've hit my word count for today. You know, just go away. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I think it's, it's, it's not so much. Now, there's a big difference between showing your feelings and being overly emotional. Right. And there's a difference between what men and women perceive to be overly emotional. You know, for what I consider to be overly emotional is being a wreck, sobbing every day. For me, it's perfectly natural to be crying a couple of times a day. For my husband, uh-huh. <laughs> crying once a day is overly emotional. Uh-huh. You know, I like to cry when I watch TV or anything, you know. I mean, for me, it's a cathartic experience. But I think it's more somebody who is in touch with what they want and can express themselves. So for men, being in touch with your feelings is not the way a woman would perceive being in touch with your feelings, I can assure you. It's um, it's more about being open enough to say what they want and not closing down the lines of communication. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and so there is a difference there. Um, I'm certainly not saying that women should go out and, uh, you know, <laughs> say, oh, my darling, I love you. Let's get married now. And <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> because he'll be running a mile. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's more, uh, it's obviously not drama, but you mean just... No. Like, no, no. We want, we want to make sure we clarify that. <laughs> um, but it's more... Yes. Of just, men hate drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more about just using, I guess, I feel, you know, I feel this and I feel that. Yeah, that's right. And, and I guess if you're, when you're talking, it's really important, you know, if there is an issue in a relationship, um, it was really interesting some of the things that came up. So rather than blame, which a lot of us, you know, when we're feeling perhaps a bit defensive or a bit neglected, we can get into the blame game. So rather than saying, oh, you know, you make me feel horrible, you make me feel unattractive, perhaps saying, you know, when you say, um, when you laugh at how emotional I am, for example, in front of my friends, it, you know, it makes me, I feel embarrassed, I feel humiliated, I feel as though you don't want me to express my feelings. So it's more about just being able to communicate in a precise, concise way, and that's really important for men. Don't feel in a million details because you will lose them mm-hmm. at word 20. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, and, but, but be just concise and precise about how you feel and be able to express that is, and I guess that's important for both men and women because, you know, um, that's, that's the lines of communication are open then, aren't they? And that's really important when it comes to having a nice, good, strong, healthy relationship. Absolutely. And then, of course, speaking of emotional women, you also said 77% of men said that an emotional woman was a turn-on. So, again, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not a man, so you might have to ask Uh-oh. them that question. Um, again, I think it's, it's what men and women consider to be emotional is different. Yeah. And w- what I think by what me- the men meant by that, Lucia, is uh, women who were in touch with their feminine femininity and could be emotional rather than a woman who is very cutthroat, this is the way I like it, bang, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and no, no softness. And I think a lot of the men sort of express that. And um, and that's why, I guess, um, you know, some of the w- women who, you know, are out there and do- having these fantastic careers, but perhaps are just a bit, you know, uh, worried about connecting with men, mm-hmm. um, can come across as intimidating. So it's, you know, it, 
men and women can be quite different when it comes to that. So I think it's just about letting, showing your vulnerability to let the man in, but not being too vulnerable and too much of a sop that, you know, you send him running the other way. Right, 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 right. It's always a, a fine uh, line between the two. <laughs> it is a fine line, and I guess it's always important to remember that what men and women want and what they mean are two separate things, you know, and um, it, it's very difficult sometimes to understand the opposite sex unless you're actually sitting in their shoes because we, you know, I mean, a, a woman has a larger deep limbic system, for example. And so that means that women tend to be more in touch with their emotions and generally better able to express them. It also means that, especially when they're hormonal, they can become quite moody and suffer depression. You know, you know women have... You know, 60 up to 60 times more prolactin, um, which is basically the hormone that's responsible for breast milk production and also tear production. So basically, women and men cry about the same until they're about 12, and then as soon as the hormones hit in, women cry four times more. So there are a lot of hormonal reasons why men and women are, are very different. And unless you realise that, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, it can the opposite sex can seem really daunting and confusing because you just don't get why they're doing these weird and wonderful things. <laughs> but um, you know there are hormonal reasons why we we are so different and why we um, behave differently and react to situations differently. And to me, that's just incredibly interesting because I think once you understand that, it's like you know the gateway is open. Hello, I get you. You know, hello. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's fantastic. Guys can't understand how it is that women can cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, it is because of, you know, the product and, and, and of course, because um, we're emotion, we're wired differently emotionally, yeah. you know. I mean, research, it, my husband always laughs, but it's true. Research shows we cry when we're sad, happy, elated, emotional, in sympathy, when we're watching a sad movie, when we're confused, angry, any reason yes. at all sometimes. <laughs> and for a lot of men, I know with Greg, my husband, sometimes it's, it's, almost impossible you know something tragic happens and it, it's almost as though he fights it and especially for Aussie boys I have to tell you Lucia because mm. they're taught you know stiff up a lip don't show your emotions so a lot of our men here uh, really fight against you know showing their emotions and crying and from my point of view, I don't know about you, but you don't want a guy crying all the time but no. when a man shows his emotions it's just fantastic I think oh Come and let me give you a hug. I love you. You know, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Since we see it so yes. rarely. Um, and also, oh, so here's one thing that women have to keep in mind that we always forget. I know I certainly do. And that is, it says 96% of men, but I don't know why it's 100% of men, said that uh, they loved being complimented. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a really interesting difference between men and women. I don't know about you, but when I'm with my girlfriends or when we've noticed and did our field research and had a look at girls in groups, girls in groups compliment each other all the time. You know, oh, yes. my goodness, look at that dress. I love those shoes. Oh, your hair's fantastic. That looks, <laughs> oh, you look a million dollars. You know, it's like compliment ping pong. The compliments yes. are going backwards and forwards, <laughs> isn't it? You know, and we just can't stop. It's like, you know, you've just got to get one up, one up, one up, one up. And we feel fantastic and elated. But the funny thing is, when we asked, you know, one man had been on 500 dates, and wow. granted, that's a many, a lot of dates. Yes. You know, he was in his 50s, and he said, you know, he'd received like five compliments. Wow. Um, <laughs> 
It's, yeah, and he was a good-looking, lovely, really nice guy. I mean, obviously, if you're getting 500 dates, you're probably doing something wrong if, if you're at number 500. But also, just to get 500, maybe, you know, you've got to be a bit okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the interesting thing is, although women compliment each other so much, women rarely compliment men when they go out because I think it's that sort of thing, oh, I don't want him to expect something he might, you know. And so a lot of men don't get a lot of compliments. Now, obviously, when men are together... They, a lot of men, you know, don't do the whole, oh my goodness, you look fantastic thing. It's more like, what are you wearing that for? Um, and so it's really interesting that men really love being complimented. And if you give them a compliment, it's their way of knowing that you're interested in them. And so I think if there is someone that you're attracted to or even just somebody that you really like and appreciate in your life who's a man and you would like to do something really special for them, give them a genuine heartfelt compliment, you know, not just, well, I love the top. You actually picked out something that looks good. More, you know, you look fantastic in that. You know, you've been working out. You look really great. You look really happy, whatever it is. Or, you know, find something that they're, that means something to them. I know for a lot of men, you, you know, it's important that their partner or their prospective partner is proud of them and that they feel like they've achieved something. And so it's about finding, you know, what it is that's special to him that makes him feel good and, and delivering that compliment because then it's a compliment that's really going to mean something. It, he's going to remember you for the right reasons. It'll be like, oh, my goodness, that was that girl who said that thing and it just made me go, oh. And, um, and delivering it sort of in a heartfelt way. And if you can give him a touch and eye contact at the same time, that's going to release oxytocin, a bit of phenylethylamine and, Bob's your uncle. He's yours, I think. <laughs> oh, so you, so when you give the compliment, then just touch him lightly somewhere. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, women are, men are far less sensitive to touch than women because yeah. we, because of oxytocin, when you touch, it releases oxytocin. Now, women obviously have, well, most women have a lot more estrogen and estrogen um, sort of um, makes, oxytocin work a lot more whereas testosterone which obviously a lot of men have 10 to 20 times more testosterone than women testosterone actually counteracts the effect of oxytocin so men tend to be a lot less sensitive to touch and that's why you know sometimes when they caress you or it's like you know they're handling a football or something like that rather than you know caress of a feather which makes us go oh my goodness so if you can perhaps lean in to decrease the personal space between you a gentle touch and maintain eye contact while giving the compliment that's going to send a subconscious signal to his brain that you're interested send us a shot of phenylethylamine which is the same hormone that's released when you're in love or lust and basically gives you you know the little feeling you know the butterflies in your tummy and it, it, it'll make him feel good and then he'll get the oxytocin hit so it's basically like a chemical cocktail hit and if he doesn't know that you're interested then then you know he's not interested basically <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Forget it. Just walk away, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so let's look at some things that give the green light that the guy is flirting. So one of them is the face scan. I think I know what that is, but do you want to explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, just before I start, I have to say, when it comes to body language, it's really important to look for three to five signals simultaneously. Because one signal on its own just doesn't mean anything. And sometimes, you know, we go through these body language and then a girl will ring up and say, oh my goodness, I'm going to send you this video. He was looking at me and then, you know, he looked away and then half an hour later he was pointing towards me. <laughs> so seriously, it does need to be simultaneous. 
And, and, you know, the thing is, when you're interested in someone, you're sending out, you know, over 10,000 signals. And a lot of those are micro gestures, but just some of the things. So the face scan is like he might start at your eyes, slowly look at your eyes, then look down at your nose down at your mouth and then back. So basically he's taking your face in. It's almost like a visual journey of your face. Now, anybody who's bothering to take the time to take a visual journey of your face, (laughs) bearing in mind that when he does that, that's going to send a hormonal hit to both him and you and it's really going to increase the emotional intensity. He, you know... uh, If all the other signals are pointing and, uh, you know, obviously if he's pointing towards you, he's leaning in towards you, you know, he's got open body language, then you can pretty much guarantee that something is going through his mind and it's not what's for dinner. It's more like, you know, how am I going to get this beautiful girl to talk to me? So the face scan, and there are, you know, it might be that he'll um, make, you know, hold your gaze and then he'll... Ling, you know, he'll go down and he'll look at your lips and he'll keep his eyes there and then back up. And, and I guess the thing is, you know, whenever somebody either looks at your lips or touches their lips, then it, it is an indication, if all the other signals are there, that they're imagining what it might be like to kiss you. Because when you're, when you're attracted to somebody, your lips fill with blood or engorge and they become tingly, if you like. Um, and that's why you get autoerotic stimulation. So you might touch your t- lips, you might touch your face, um, you might look at somebody else's lips because that's what you're thinking about, you mm, see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your body is giving away the, telling, the you know, your, ba- your body is basically telling the other person what it is that you're really thinking. And so the eye contact triangle, is that what you just described? Yeah, so the eye contract triangle would be, you know, looking at the eyes, then down at the mouth, and then back at the eyes. So that that would be if somebody is interested in you. Now, in social circles, we use that as well, but it's generally basically sort of around the, um, between the eyebrows, down to the nose and back up. So we avoid looking at the mouth. If they're really, really interested, and perhaps you've been flirting for a little while, Mm -hmm. they might look at your eyes, down to your mouth, and then further down, and then back up. Um... And if they're doing that, then either they're a total sleaze bag, um, <laughs> especially well, especially if you've just been talking to them for two minutes. Right. But um, yes. <laughs> or or they're obviously really interested, and you've got some really strong connection, and they're flirting there, and they're allowing themselves the time to have a quick look. And it's interesting because. And I'm sure you'll bring this up, but mm. in case I forget, I'll bring okay. it up now. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the head, the head to toe. You know, the difference between men and women. Um, it's interesting how many women we interviewed that said they absolutely hated it yes. when, yeah, when mm-hmm. they got the head to toe. So basically, a guy sort of looks them up and down. And it was interesting because, you know, over 70% of women hate it, but over 70% of guys love it because to them it's a compliment when a girl does it to them. It's like, she's checking me out. She thinks I'm okay. And that boosts their self-esteem and it gives them a signal that says, wow, you're amazing. Um, So it's really interesting that if a, a man does that to you, not to just, you know, take it at face value and think, oh my goodness, that's disgusting, you know, what a, what a sleaze. But mm-hmm. to actually see it for what it is and from his point of view, it it is a compliment. You know, perhaps he's just not very good at expressing himself around women. And uh, let's be honest, you know, 100% of the women said that they did it as well, except for they did it from the back, the right. head to the bottom, to the uh-huh. <laughs> toe look and then back to have another look at the derriere. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, because if, if a guy looks at a woman head to toe and we feel like a piece of meat, that's why we don't like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was interesting reading guys' comments because men were saying things like, I love it. To me, it's a great confidence boost. When a woman gives me their head to toe, I think, wow, she really likes me and it makes me feel really great about myself and it makes me really want to meet her. So isn't that interesting? I don't think I could ever give a man the head to toe look from the front. I would just no. be mortified. I know. Yeah, you'd have to be. I just don't think I could do it. Yeah, you have to be pretty brave to do that. I guess, you know, I mean, we don't mind it if it's someone we've been in a relationship with and, or dating for a while and they give us the head to toe and then we know that they're interested. But if we just meet someone and we don't know them and they're giving us the head to toe, it's creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. And that's exactly right. Like if you're in a relationship, then actually the head to toe is a really great way of spicing things up, I think, especially if you really, you know, give your partner that flirty little eye contact smile, you know, turn your head away, give them that little smile and then look down suggestively. I mean, if you do that, then wow, your partner will love you forever because that is just like the ultimate tease. So in a relationship, whether your partner does it to you or you do it to them it really is a sign of appreciation um and i think that's a wonderful thing so it's just about finding the time to make sure you do it with the right person isn't it really yes exactly um now some flirting mistakes that women can make you said one of them is playing hard to get so what do you mean by that yeah absolutely look um i think there's there is this perception out there that if a guy likes you he will come and get it you know mm -hmm. and that you shouldn't be too available you shouldn't give him too many signals you know if you like a guy then give him a look but then look away and if he really likes you make him work for it but the truth is a lot of guys will not have the guts to approach somebody who is not making eye contact and smiling you know around 50 percent now, a lot of women out there say, I don't understand why I just get approached by people who are only after one thing or the, the players. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing hard to get, then that's the type of person you're going to attract. You're going to attract the type of person who doesn't have anything to lose or likes a challenge. And unless you're after that type of person, you know, if you're after somebody who's genuine, caring, then that type of person probably doesn't have enough self-confidence to approach somebody who isn't making eye contact and smiling. You know, interestingly enough, there was a study and scientists found that um, men prefer selective difficulty, which basically means that they want you to be hard to get for everyone else mm -hmm. except for them. Of and the thing that we forget is that a lot of women when they're, and I've done this myself in the past, you know, that when you really, you see a man who's, Oh my goodness, he's amazingly gorgeous. Uh -huh. So, you're, and you, if you're naturally flirting, you might start flirting with everyone else except for him. <laughs> and what he's thinking is, obviously, this girl is fantastic. She's vivacious because she's gorgeous, but she's obviously not interested in me because she's flirting with everyone else, but she's not coming near me. Right. So you're basically repelling the one you want rather than attracting them. And I think that that's really interesting. You know, over 95% of guys said that they would be more likely to approach a girl if she was making eye contact and smiling. So, you know, if you actually want to get the one that you really want rather than some person who just wants another notch on his belt, then I think you, you have to send out positive signals. Otherwise, you're going to send out, you will attract people, but it certainly won't be the type of person that you want in your life, you know? Right. And then, of course, the opposite of that is also another mistake is coming on too strong too soon. So what is that all about? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it is basically the complete opposite, mm-hmm. isn't it? And we've all seen it sometimes at 12 o'clock in a, in a nice bar where, <laughs> you know, and it's usually in that point where you, uh, you might be in a stage in your life where you really want to be in a relationship. And, and instead of having enough confidence to just be and just, you know, connect with people, it, it sort of comes across as being desperate. So you come across as needy, you know, and you basically throw yourself at people. And mm. that is a huge turn off to men. Mm-hmm. I think, again, it comes into that selective difficulty. I know as women, you know, you don't want to be seen as one of a hundred or, you know, anyone or do. And men are exactly the same. You know, I think that if if you've got, you know, a girl who's out there throwing herself at your feet, that in itself is a turn off just as much as a woman who, you know, isn't interested and is giving you the cold shoulder. So I think it's about finding some kind of compromise in the middle so that you're, you know, you're not throwing yourself at them, but you're you're able to just be yourself and confident and connect with people at the same time. Right. And uh, another flirting technique, and I totally identify with this because I used to be a photographer, and you said become the designated photographer, and uh, it was so yes. easy to meet people because everyone would come up to me and go, oh, are you the official photographer? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I know. Isn't it fantastic? And the thing is, if you are a bit shy, it does give you a bit of a barrier, you know, mm-hmm. um, but also... It can. It's just a fantastic way of connecting with people because if you know, giving yourself a purpose, it just, it, it you know, it, it's all about expectations. If you change your expectations, you change the way you connect with people, and you're going to change, you know, the outcome. So, being the designated, I mean, I I love my camera. I I'm into the party shots, you know, mm-hmm, yes, putting myself yes. in the photo with everyone else right, and right. capturing the moment. But it's amazing because it gives you something to do and it gives yourself a great way of connecting with somebody. You see a cute bunch of guys. It's like, here, let me take that for you. And then, oh, have a look. What about this one? Oh, no, I'll take another one. Take 10, 20 if you want to. I don't know, you know, the more the merrier. Then you can put yourself in the photo and it just gives you a fantastic way of connecting and it just really reduces that intimidating factor. You know, you straight away you've got... A, you can connect with them on a personal level. You can touch them because you've got to get them to huddle up, you know. <laughs> it gives you a great excuse to get up close and personal. I love it. And did you find as well, Lucia, as a, as a photographer, uh-huh. that people found it easier to approach you because you were less intimidating because you were there for a reason as well. So it means that you're not the scary person anymore as well. Yeah, because they could just pretend that they were just interested in the profession, like, oh, are you working tonight? Oh, okay. You know, that was their excuse, quote unquote, for coming up to me. And then they could always progress the conversation from there. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, anything that you can do to make it easier for someone to approach makes you more attractive. Because it reduces it reduces their level of you know discomfort if you like. Anything you can do to make the other person feel better makes you more attractive as well. So the more you can include other people, the more you can engage other people, the more attractive you become in their eyes. And so you know it's not about being the best looking person in the room. It's about being the one who makes the other people feel good. And that's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, we've all seen people walking down the street and think, "How on earth did that get that cute guy?" I just don't get it. <laughs> but but that's the reason because they've got the confidence, and you know, they're a people person. The people person is about making other people feel good. You know, not being so worried about how you come across that you forget about the other people and the fact that they're just as nervous as you are, sometimes more so, and especially you know, for women. 
it, there's a lot of pressure on men to approach. I mean, how many women do you know that go around approaching guys? You know, if you don't do it, mm. how hard do you think it is for them to do it? You know, especially if you're hanging out with a group of girlfriends. My goodness, it just, you know, makes it 20 times worse. Mm. Now, I loved your suggestion about uh, getting your partner, once you're in a relationship, to choose your perfume that you're going to wear. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, that is a mistake that a lot of us make, you know, is that we have a scent that really we identify with and we think we love this. And we douse ourselves in it or we, you know, we Mm -hmm. use it and that becomes our cologne. But, Mm -hmm. you know, pheromones are an interesting thing and we're all attracted to different scents. So if you really want your partner to be you know, physically attracted to you and basically turn them on, then, you know, by by getting them to choose one, then you're getting, you know, we've all had someone walk past us and we think, oh, that smell, and straight away you just feel, wow, what's this? It's almost like instant arousal and pheromones will do that to you by getting him to choose your scent. You're basically upping your attraction factor because, you know, you're choosing something that gets him in the mood rather than the opposite way around. So... And again, you know, choose your partner's perfume. Um, And, you know, I mean, we all, you know, talk about women having, you know, some women after a while having low libidos. How do you get your libido back in sync with your partner? Well, this is one of those great ways of doing that is to choose each other's perfume and not just choose one that you think that smells nice, but choose one that you smell and you think, oh, my goodness, I've got to have him now because that's the one that's going to work. It's magic. (laughs) Yes, because it works the other way around because if the guy's wearing a perfume or a cologne that you don't like, no matter how attracted you are to him, you're not going to want to get close because it's like, ew, you smell bad. Oh, Absolutely. Look, you know, I mean, I have to say, I once dated a boy who, uh, a man, I should say, who <laughs> was a big fan of the Brute 33, which my dad used to wear. And let me tell you, no, uh-oh, it just uh-oh. wasn't going to happen because I just couldn't, you know, it was just, no, it was yeah. just not right. <laughs> right. It just didn't work for me at all. So, yeah, absolutely. It can have the opposite effect. And even if you feel really good, a scent can really actually turn someone off just as yes. quickly as it can turn someone on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, the other day I smelled uh, this this guy, you know, totally not attracted to him. Uh, but I, his cologne was like, mm, like, what is that? He goes, it's Aramis. <laughs> oh, Aramis. And you were like, oh, oh wow. Okay. Isn't it funny, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it, I mean, that's the, that's the interesting thing is it can have an immediate overpowering effect. So it's, um, and I think it's quite underutilized, you know, people don't, um, we go for what we like and we very rarely stop to think, I've only got one perfume that my partner chose and to be honest I'm not a big fan of it Uh-oh. so Uh-oh. I never wear it but I should right. <laughs> and I'd never be able to get him off me <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking, like, go away. <laughs> speaking of not getting him off you let's talk about sex for a minute here <laughs> um yeah yeah finally why not uh, yeah we should uh since it is part of where hopefully flirting will lead to. Now, I, I couldn't believe this statistic. Um, okay, you said that an American study showed that men tend to be more faithful when women wear a variety of sexy erotic lingerie as opposed to cotton. So you're saying that the lingerie is keeping them faithful? 
Well, I think it's, and it's not my study. Yeah, right. But I think it's about this. I think it's, um, is that, you know, we, men tend to be visual creatures and part of it is all about the fantasy. You know, now you don't necessarily have to go and have a threesome to keep your man's fantasy alive. Uh-huh. You know, it's all about playing it up. The more you can play, the more you can dress up in little uniforms or whatever it is that turns him on, the less likely it is that he's going to straight. I guess the thing about um, affairs or straying is that, you know, people have affairs when their emotional or physical needs aren't met. And when it comes to men, you know, a, a 2008 study by um, a bunch of lawyers in the UK actually found that, you know, men, are, whilst women had more emotional affairs because their emotional mm-hmm. needs weren't being met, for men, the top reasons were lust, um, loss of attraction with their partner, you know, women going after them being quite aggressive in the way they were going after them. So for men, the reasons they had affairs was mainly motivated by sex. You know, men have 10 to 20 times more testosterone than women. So often, not in all cases, but often their sex drive is a lot higher. So by playing up on that, by giving them what they need physically, by, you know, keeping the fantasy alive, I guess you're, you know, you're Mm -hmm. making sure that their needs are met in that area. And I think the thing about affairs and, you know, that sort of thing is that, a lot of, one of the big mistakes we make is we give our partner what we think they want rather than what we want. So as women, we try and make sure that their emotional needs are met, that right. they, you know, feel, but that's not what they need, you know. So I think um, by doing that, you know, I mean, your partner might not be interested in that, in which case it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But it's about finding out what they really like in bed and making sure you give it to them, basically. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Have a little Q&A. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and sometimes if you've been with your partner for a while and you've never broached the subject, it can be a bit intimidating. It's a bit weird, you know. And so it's about getting back into that slowly, if you like, and playing. You know, I mean, when we first date, it's all about having fun in bed and playing and trying new things and just going for it. But when you've been in a relationship for a long time, that sort of playfulness factor and the flirting tends to go out the window and it becomes a little bit more practical mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's if we, if you get back in touch with making a bit more playful and just, you know, even putting suggestions in a hat and each day or once a week, whatever it is for you, pulling it out um, then it allows it's a little bit less confronting but it allows you to find out and reconnect with your partner sort of on that level on their level if you like right in fact you said that 88% of men said that the quality was of the sex was better uh, more important than the quantity yeah I found that really interesting actually yeah. um, but you know yeah, it, uh, some obviously there was a high percentage as well that did choose both, um, which makes sense. Of course. But yeah, I guess you know, and and for women, for men, one of the biggest turnoffs was women who weren't into it. Mm-hmm. You know, who just sort of didn't either didn't initiate sex or who weren't into sex or who weren't involved in it, who weren't there, you know. I mean, you might be thinking that it's okay to go through the motions, but as a man, having your partner lay there, you know. It, it, it doesn't do much for their self-confidence, you know, because their sexual performance is often linked to a man's self-confidence and his self-esteem and the way he views himself. So, you know, it is important to sort of make sure that you're you're into the moment. And if you're not, then that's something that you need to work on, you know, because that will in the long term affect your relationship because it's going to affect his self-confidence. And, you know, I mean, we all need things in different areas, but 
if that's what he needs and you're not giving it to him, then you, that's going to cause cracks to appear, you know, in other areas. So um, it is just important to reconnect on that thing and definitely make sure that you're you know, into it and you're engaging and you instigate it. And um I'm sure that would do wonders for your relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the times women don't even realize that they're laying there um, in the sense that they're so used to just taking the passive role and letting the guy do everything that... It sounds terrible, doesn't it, laying there? <laughs> <laughs> I know. But yeah, absolutely. You're quite right. You're quite right. And um, and I guess sometimes, it, you know, because sex is a, you know, it's a primitive thing, sometimes it does feel almost like, you know, the man's role to, you know, right. come and get it, if you like. <laughs> um But I guess it's more down the track. It's more as, you know, I think it was interesting. A lot of the women said, you know, they'd rather kiss than have sex down the track, you know, and that it was interesting that a lot of women said that the further their relationship went down, the less their partner actually kissed them. And studies have found that men would, you know, it doesn't matter to a man if a girl's a bad kisser, he'll still have sex with her. Whereas women, if a guy's Mm -hmm. a bad kisser, then Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. she won't go any further that's right so you know there's a big yeah there's a big difference in importance for kissing so if you if you need that physical affection if you need kissing if you need the foreplay then make it a game you might say to your partner you know what i read somewhere that uh, kissing lowers your inhibitions and you know releases neurotransmitters and gets you in the mood come and give me a pash whatever it is but you know flirt it up and play make it a bit of a game if you like you know mm-hmm. and by doing that you'd sort of you, you sit, sometimes you can sort of separate yourself from that person so you don't feel so silly doing it as well you know dress up if you have to I don't know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, okay, so one final question. You know, the book is called, of course, um, How to Get the Man You Want. But once in a while, we encounter a commitment phobe. So do you have some tips uh, yes. on, uh, you know, what the hell to do with these guys? <laughs> yeah, look, absolutely. And I guess the thing about um, commitment phones is they tend to blow hot and cold. So sometimes you never quite know where you sit. But the big thing about men is that, you know, a lot of women, when, when you're in a relationship and you really want them to commit to you, you can, without realizing it, subconsciously come across as being a little bit needy, perhaps a little bit clingy. Uh-huh. Um, and that's going to push him away rather than draw him to you. So the first thing is to let him do it in his own time and to highlight the positives of being with you rather than the negative. So, you know, he might think, oh my goodness, getting married means that you're going to, you know, I'm going to be spending every Saturday night sitting on the couch, you know, watching Sex in the City reruns and my God, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So encourage him, let go. In, in order to get him to commit, you really have to let go. And I know that's a really hard thing to do when you desperately want someone to be with you. Mm-hmm. But let him go out, encourage him to go out with his friends, encourage him to take up new activities, highlight the benefits of being with you rather than the negatives. Don't, whatever you do, do not go on about people getting married and having babies because that's going to put a lot of pressure on him. You know, it was really interesting how many guys said that they were actually thinking they'd bought the ring but they couldn't propose because she kept on blowing it because she kept on asking about it or preempting him. Wow. And so he couldn't find his own right time because she was getting in the way. So, you know, if for goodness sake, if you want him to marry you, get out of the way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's... um. Give him the space and whatever you do, you know, certainly don't blackmail him into um, marrying you or make him feel bad. You know, it's got to be his. And if the more he thinks it's his idea, the more he's going to want to do it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a man, so 
make sure that he thinks that he's boss and, and then you're far more likely to get your own way and get that rock on your finger walking down the aisle. Um, I guess the, the issue is that women don't know if they're dealing with a commitment phobe who will, who will eventually come around or someone who maybe is just not that interested, but they're here today, but they don't plan on being here for the long term. And that's hard well, to tell the difference. Uh, yeah. And you can, but the thing is, you can tell, I mean, the thing is, if he's blowing hot and cold, mm-hmm. then today that's a sign that there's, I mean, there's a between someone who doesn't want to commit and someone who's really not into you. If he's blowing hot and cold, if he um, is planning his future and you're not in it, to me that's a sign of somebody who's really not that interested in being in a long-term relationship with you. Mm-hmm. If he's planning your, your his future and you're in it and you're planning it every step of the way, then then he wants to be... He wants his future and you're in it. You know, if he makes excuses, if the, if he, whenever you mention, you know, marriage or commitment... Way or he's got something better to do, or would rather spend time with his friends than with you, then you're probably not with the right person. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess sometimes it's it's difficult, especially if you're in a toxic relationship. And I think the big thing is that sometimes you're in a bad relationship, and someone sort of blows hot and cold, so they give you, you know, they're really nice. One day. Next second you don't hear from them for yeah, two weeks. Right, right. And then they come back and they're all lovey-dovey. And that's that sort of positive, you know, intermittent reinforcement. It's like the honeymoon period. So it goes, you know, all of a sudden you've got the rush of hormones, you know, neuropinephrine, and dopamine, and you feel like you're on a high on cloud nine. So you're head over here, and they're gone. And you, you, you think, oh, my God, I mean, I've got a dump here, whatever. But then they come back and they give you a taste of that again. And basically that can become an addiction because it actually stimulates the dopamine system of your brain, the pleasure and addiction center. And you can become addicted to that. So I think you need to... And if your friends tell you, obviously, that that person isn't into you, then you really need to listen because it's no fun being the messenger. But if they're telling it to you, they're doing it out of love most of the time. And it's really important to listen. But I think... You, you need to listen to your gut, you know. If they're not planning their true and they're not interested in doing things with you or interested in you as a person, then chances are they're seeing it more as a short-term thing. And one thing that I really need to say to women is if they say they're not after a long-term commitment, they're not saying it because they've been hurt in a previous relationship or they're afraid of getting hurt. Men generally say what they mean. Right. So, um, you know, as women, we might, you know, pull that up million different ways and think oh my goodness you know he's not calling me because he lost his phone or his pet dog died right but if he's not calling you if he's not making time to see you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then he's not in tears got it all right well thank you (laughs) (laughs) we thank you so much of course the name of the book is how to get the man you want and i must say there's actually two parts to this book there is of course the other side how to get the woman you want and katya is going to be back at a later date and we're going to discuss that topic so that'll be uh, very interesting i'm sure yeah fantastic and by the way the website is how to get the one you want dot com not man you want so um oh, and that has all the other information and stuff on it as well wonderful okay so it's how to get the one you want dot com for the website and of course the book for the women is how to get the man you want. Katya, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be talking to you, um, you know, soon for the other side of the book. Yes. Thank you so much, Lucia. It was absolutely fabulous talking to you. Lovely thank to meet you. you. You too. Take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. All right. There she goes. As usual, I had the wrong website. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? 
Shame on me. Okay, I have to get going myself, so thank you so much for joining me. Remember, my website is theartoflove.net. That is the correct website. My book is at lessonsoflove.net. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. 